and tell us a bit about your early career after uh, working as a paper, you know, doing a paper run and the, the golf balls. Uh, uh, what else did you do in your in your twenties for a career? Well, as soon as I uh, left uh, matric, I went into banking and soon um, wanted to start my own business. Twenty three, I went into selling insurance and superannuation. Moved to Melbourne and. Uh, didn't know anyone, so I was cold calling and uh, went at that pretty hard. And you could probably say I was successful at 26. I remember I earned 10 times the average income then, and I was top salesperson out of 300. So really enjoyed the freedom of running my own business, and uh, the commission life was fine. Then I realised I enjoyed helping people, so I want I moved into more tax planning, setting up companies, trusts, helping small business people reduce tax. Then after a while, I got a bit bored with that. I wanted to do more, and I went into financial planning, which was helping people holistically um, with their uh, finances and be it investing in, in managed investments or with insurance companies or into shares or um, other investment types. So that was where I got moving in my career and found that in my early 30s, I got... Uh, I realised if personal exertion is a pretty hard way, I thought it might be better if I can leverage and build a business and get other people working for me. So I went into building a financial planning practice in Tassie and um, that went pretty well and uh, ended up setting up a funds management company and developing a vision to uh, build a financial planning business Australia-wide for using Tasmania's lower cost base, more stable staff and... Uh, we focused on provincial Australia because Hobart, where I lived, was like a provincial city. So we, we focused on setting up financial planning franchises around Australia. We ended up with about 65, and a lot of them were in Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong, Port Macquarie, Wagga, or wherever, um, in in uh, Queensland, New South Wales, Vic, Taz, and South Australia. It's sort of very much um, yeah, country towns, uh, where there were stable people and, and we could give good service and maybe French metropolitan. And uh, so I enjoyed that and uh, went at it pretty hard. The problem with that was probably uh, I became a workaholic and, and was working 80-plus hours and um, it sort of affected my relationship with my wife and kids and I had major, I used to migraine headaches and quite serious health issues that I'd be coming home a couple of nights a week with a migraine headache and sometimes not eating with the family. And, um, yeah, and one day my wife said, uh, John, you're not the fun guy in marriage, you're a workaholic or you're sick. Um, I want to out of this. You either change or I want a divorce. And so I was hit pretty hard with, um, I thought, well, if this is success, I don't really want it. So it made me really review my life and, and say, well, what do I want? And I realised that, I'd, I was really a bit of a misfit in church. I wasn't a muso, not a Sunday school teacher. I was a bit of a head, not one of these fairly hard people that I felt church people, you know. So I was a very hard-headed business guy, to be honest. And um, so I was really forced to review my life a bit. One day I heard a talk that changed my life, whereas the bikey John Smith, um, he was preaching in our church and he was a, came up in his leather jacket and his uh, Harley and started saying, if I could find 100 businessmen to give me a million dollars, we could change this nation. And I went, wow, that's me. I forgot temporarily about my um, marriage situation, which wasn't very healthy, my bad health, and also had a lot of debt for having a beautiful house overlooking a beach golf course. I had a beach house and had all the kids at private school. So all the trapping success, but really my life was cracking at the seams. And 
um, I forgot about uh, all that as John spoke because I remember when I was 14 on the golf course, I'd had this uh, little conversation in my head about, wow, the world's a very harsh place. Why am I so blessed? I go to a private school. I've got a financially independent, got great parents, and the world is such a harsh place. So many people haven't got what I got. What I'm going to do when I turn age 50 is I'm going to, by the way, if once I'm married, paid off my house, I'm going to spend the rest of my life helping others. Now, I forgot about that dream from age 14 to 40. And when John Smith spoke when I was about 40, he reignited a dream that had been buried inside me. And uh, not long after that, I heard virtually an audible voice where um, it was so clear, John, I did not create you for you to be successful. I created you to help others succeed. And if you do that, you'll be truly successful. That was a head-heart experience. I had a peace and joy I'd never had in my life before. I'd always been chasing that elusive success and I'd inadvertently forgot from age 14 to 40 and that dream. I got so consumed with yeah, pursuing success and achieving and just the pressures of life. And so I had this massive download immediately then, oh, you dumb dumb, why are you being... And I realised I'd only surrendered half my life to Jesus at age 23. And there at 40, I realised I needed to surrender my whole life to Jesus. So that's what I did literally as I had that revelation all these ideas flooded into my mind about things I had to change. I thought, wow, I've got to change. All these things have got all back to front. I'm 40. I shouldn't wait till 50. I've got to change the way I live now. So within an hour, I'd raced home and written down 13 things I wanted to change in my life. And um, I didn't tell my wife. I just wrote them all down, put them in my, in my drawer and shut it because I'd probably been known for a few sweet nothing promises and not delivered. So I just thought, you know, I better... So I just didn't tell anybody about um, that conversation or those thoughts I'd had and so I'd, after that I just started pursuing what I felt God wanted me to do I put Jesus in the front seat of the car and I hopped in the back whereas normally I'd sat in the front and <laughs> had Jesus in the back seat and, and made silly decisions and asked God to bless them and you know ratify them you know it was all so I just had this total clarity about that it didn't matter about the business I just had to honor God in everything I did so I really changed the way I ran the company cut my hours back from 80 to 50 and um, just amazing things started happening in my life. I got involved. One of the things I wrote down is make myself available to help my local school, which was a Christian school my kids went to, get involved in my local church, which I'd always said no to, and stop trying to change my wife to suit my success but help her be who God created her to be. Started reading the Bible as God's revelation to man, as a business plan to man, rather than just a historical book. And scripture came alive. And mm. so I've just been on that journey since then, really. And um, amazing things have happened in the sense that um, even though I cut my hours back from 80 to 50, the business prior to that defining moment had really just been um, struggling along a bit and then we had the recession we had to have and I was losing 20 or 30k a month there for a while and look, I was bankrupt on paper pretty well and the business after that defining moment, even though I spent 30 hours a week less after about 12 months, the next 10 years it grew by 40% per annum wow. and um, I'm not that smart. I just saw God's <laughs> favour and, and I had just clarity on creativity and, and uh God brought people into my life that helped. So 10 years after that defining moment, we were offered to buy the business by Challenger, a listed company that was partly owned by Packers. And there I was, 49, financially independent, 
Um, Ten years prior to that, I had two mortgages on the house, credit card debt, wife saying, I've had enough, I want out of here unless you change. Ten years later, um, I'm able to do what I had that dream at 14. And um, it was just amazing. And now my wife, is, our marriage survived and we've got a great marriage relationship. My kids have all done well. And, um, yeah, I was in an incredible position that I could uh, spend the rest of my life helping others. So that's what I did. I pretty well... I got out of the business per se when we sold it and um, started, uh, I met a guy on a plane who's doing some amazing stuff in North India, a guy called Jossie Chaka. I met him on a plane going to Hawaii to a leadership conference and um, ended up uh, joining his board. He asked me to chair his board. So we sold, I went home to my wife and 10 years before that, she's saying, I want out of here. I don't like you anymore, blah, blah. Now we're back um and she said, yeah, let's sell the house, let's sell the holiday home, I'll come and support you. And, um, yeah, we sold up everything and moved to be near Jossie and um, support him with building the back office and the support around the world to support this amazing dream of planting 100,000 churches. So that's what we did, and I've just had an incredible lot of fun, probably spent half my life, half my time the next 10 years helping Jossie, and then the other half coaching and mentoring business people to find their purpose who are often, you know, business people are often lonely, misunderstood and how to build a kingdom business. And so I've been coaching and mentoring business people um, over the last 15 years and um, brought an organisation called Halftime to Australia, which is about values-based executive coaching, which is Christian-based. So we've been um, running coaching programs around Australia to help business people find their Ephesians 2.10 calling, which in the New Living Translation, if you believe what the good book says, it actually says we're God's masterpiece. And you think, well, what is a masterpiece? Well, what's a Rembrandt worth? 250 mil? Um, what's the most expensive house in your state worth? Well, it might be 25 mil or something. If you know, In the Genesis, it says we are made in God's image in Ephesians 2.10. Part A, it says we're God's masterpiece. So one of the challenges I find with business people, particularly and small business people, is they um, they're so busy they don't uh, they're not able to discern when the Holy Spirit's speaking to them or where Satan is trying to steal, snatch, destroy, and lead them the wrong way. So we get very busy, tired, worn out people that come to us, and we sort of try and get them to slow down, stop. And then listen to God and and work out Ephesians 2.10 part B says that before we were born, God created good works in advance for us to do. Now, literally, in a sense, that's a very nice job description that was prepared for us. But do we know what that is? And, you know, sadly, I find I come across Christian people who are, and, you know, we're all challenged by this, not to be minimalistic, but much given, much expected and really find out. God, what is it that you want me to do? You've given me a different fingerprint. Even if you've got a twin, you've got a different fingerprint. So there's seven and a half billion different fingerprints. There's seven and a half billion different Ephesians 2.10 callings. What can we do? What? And the Great Commission is obviously at the core of this and loving others like we love ourselves. So anyway, I don't know if Matt, that gives you a bit of an overview. It's wonderful. Of, um, and and mate, where half, my journey's been. Half time really is an amazing organisation. Uh, I know you've got you know um, Mark Connor, who's been a pastor in Australia for many years. Uh, you've got Glenn Williams, uh, yep. Peter Irvine. You know, amazing people who are involved 
uh, in uh, halftime coaches, and you guys run seminars and events all around the country. Uh, if people want to find out more, the website is halftime.org.au. And they That's can right. find out all about the uh, different resources you have as well, newsletters and things. Uh, and just before we go too, mate, uh, we have a mutual friend, Tim O'Neill, a pastor yes. from Tassie. Uh, tell us a bit about he was inv- how he got involved in your story. Well, interestingly, um, Tim uh, applied for a job that I advertise in Launceston. Um, I used to go to Launceston uh, every Friday and got too busy and... Um, I actually had a car accident one Friday coming around a bend where they'd moved the road and um, I'm sort of heading straight for a truck and I thought my life's over, but by the grace of God and I sense a few guardian angels, somehow I closed my eyes, spun the wheel, hit the side of this truck and bounced off and I realised my life's out of control. This is all around that defining moment. And uh, I really had a, re- you know, saying you've got to slow down and so I put an ad in the paper and uh, Tim was a guy that applied to come and work with me he was a chartered accountant, and um, we just uh, so I put him on to help me build the Launceston part of our financial planning business at Garrison's. And Tim is very analytical, very strategic, very um, good in um, in business. At that time, he was fairly early in his faith journey, and so we just started working working together, but also growing spiritually. And Tim was uh, probably more intense in in researching churches and what was a healthy church what was unhealthy and so we went on this journey together for um, building a business but also building encouraging each other mentoring each other building our faith so we had a great partnership in he was the technical side of what we did in financial planning funds management i was on the people side recruiting financial advisors and so tim and i just did that together and then um he got real revelation that he should really... He had a number of people committed suicide that he and Sharon knew. So he decided to go and plant a church in his home and then in school. And then when he got the proceeds of his shareholding in Garrisons, he pretty well used all of it for ministry and um, built the tail race in Launceston and then decided he really wanted to not only just be a blessing to the local community where so many people had suicided and, and lost hope, but he also decided he really wanted to be involved in the India church planning and really church planning as a whole. So mm. he just had a passion for healthy churches and teaching and training people. So Tim and I have been um, good friends uh, in business there and since then. And, um, yeah, just love what Fantastic. God's done through him and Sharon and it's just been great uh, multiplication and, and leverage through through his faith journey. Well, once again, I'd encourage anyone to go and check out the website, halftime.org.au, all about discovering and clarifying your purpose and plan for the second half of your life, Uh, and uh, such a great message. Uh, John Sycamore, it's been great to uh, have you with us. Uh, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. 
They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 